This is RMB's Data Analytics Podcast with Matthew Burnett, where we look at the insightful role that data analytics plays for decision makers. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the RMB Data Analytics Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Burnett, and joining me on the podcast today is Mike Grant. Mike is an engineer and machine learning specialist and the chief technical officer of Data Profit, where he specializes in artificial intelligence in the manufacturing industry. So hi, Mike, and thanks very much for joining us on the podcast today. Oh, Matthew, thanks for having me. So, Mike... As we know, you do AI in manufacturing, and AI is, is really one of those terms that many people speak about, but we very rarely see it in, in implementation. It's, it's quite high up there on the hype cycle. But of course, you, you've managed to implement it quite successfully in the manufacturing industry. Why is the manufacturing industry potentially low-hanging fruit when it comes to AI? It's a good one, right? So I think I think the very first thing is to talk about what data profit is. And we're not a dashboarding company. You find that a lot of folk will go out there and talk about providing some kind of data analytics and you pay them a, a large amount of money. And what you get back is some visual representation of your data, your existing data. And there's no added value outside of a, a beautiful looking dashboard, which means that you've then got to go and take your your team, your production team, to go and have a look at this dashboard, interpret the uh, the graphics and come to the same conclusion. And that's quite a hard task, particularly when you have two people looking at the same graph coming to two different conclusions. Now, what AI is, is it's taking out that interpretation component, analyzing the data a bit further to a point of action. So it's that next step upon looking upon some data that you're uplifting out of your process, wherever that is, and actually formulating a plan uh, to what you should do next. And the reason why it fits so nicely in with manufacturing is because you've got this huge challenge around the number of things that you can go and change. A manufacturing line is a super complicated amalgam of, of machines. You do something upstream and it can affect uh, the next step and it can uh, affect the next process. It can even affect a process five or six steps later um, where you do some further material transformations. And the thing that is very hard to do and say is make the small correction here because you don't yet have a problem, but if you don't fix it, you're going to have a very costly mistake. And it's that guidance that really affects the bottom line profitability of manufacturing businesses. And so if you can get that right, you can make that uplift, then suddenly you can transform this, transform this manufacturing company into something that is hyper competitive. That, that's what it's all about, right? Becoming hyper-competitive. So, I mean, you painted a very good story there, and I'm sure many people listening to this podcast are thinking, geez, well, I've got some data in, in my business. You know, there's data readily available. Where do I start? Where do I get going when it comes to AI? Now, you're somebody who's implemented this successfully. What advice would you give to executives who are interested in undertaking the AI journey? Good question, right? Uh, and, and I get this quite a bit. And you often find like canned answers like, well, you've got to start to make sure that you're uplifting the data of your machine. You don't. Or you've got to start with, with having your, your um, um, processes well understood. And so you can capture some kind of underlying physics. You don't. You've got to start with a value proposition. We've got to make sure that whatever action comes out of the AI system has tangible ROI or has a tangible ROI to the business, which means you've got to operate this AI at a price point where it's affordable to the manufacturing firm and that the impact it creates or the uplift it creates uh, from the, from following the actions far exceeds that cost. 
So you say, well, if I can reduce scrap by 40%, what does that mean to my bottom line? And that means the immediate cost improvement of reducing scrap or reducing rework. It means your second order improvements where you have this additional production capacity because you're no longer losing these components to scrap and rework. You have lower energy consumption. So your sort of average or your normalized cost per component drops um, and you become a lot more efficient. Um, things like carbon dioxide savings also be, uh, start counting out to be quite a large uh, contributor here. And so to the executives, when you're thinking about an AI system, and it doesn't actually matter if this is AI driven, I mean, uh, AI for manufacturing, or if it could be a chatbot for some kind of fin service, the bottom line is what is the impact to my business and does it warrant this costing and, and expenditure? And if the answer is yes, then you can figure out the data. We've got teams of experts who can go and do that. You can figure out the dashboards. We have UI and user experience folk who can go and solve that problem. So all of the technical things really must be in service for this imperative of adding value to your business. So, Mike, you've mentioned the, the adding value to the business, right? And that often comes down to some business objective. But how do you go about connecting the dots? How do you connect the dots from this business objective and connect the dot all the way back to understand, do we actually have the data that can help us solve this business problem? Yeah, good one, right? Uh, I think there's an there's a anecdotal commentary here that, that is very supportive of the argument where you say, Manufacturing processes aren't random events. You've designed this manufacturing system to produce the component, right? And you maybe got a yield rate of 95% or 98%. So you know that you're not doing things by accident. And when you look at these systems, fundamentally, they are controlled because they're not random, right? You're producing these components. And so the measurements always exist. Whether or not you have some historical record, doesn't matter. It's like that lovely uh, fable, right? The best time to plant a tree was 25 years ago. The next best time to plant a tree is now. So if you don't have it, just start collecting it. The cost here is very low. In fact, most folk who think about a value add versus a value enabling play will provide the value enablement, in other words, the connection uplift of your data as part of the value adding, which is the, the actions that will improve your process. So that's really not the big thing you've got to worry about. When you dig into these processes, you're inherently measuring it, you're inherently controlling it. Just go and accrue some history and then make sure that you're tying it up to something that is affecting your bottom line. This can be something as simple as, as scrap cost or the cost of non-quality, but the second order things like carbon, carbon dioxide emissions, carbon tax. We have plays in Europe at the moment where we are specifically optimizing on those components, making a production system run more efficiently, measured solely on carbon dioxide emissions. Um, and, and, and those opportunities are well understood by the executive team. These are fundamentally their KPIs that they are fighting the, the system every day to sort of achieve. So it's, it's a good conversation with your execs to understand what's challenging them. And then the engineering is the easy part. I absolutely love that, right? It's, it's that fable saying, obviously, first prize is to have all this really rich um, clean data today but of course if you don't have it then start start immediately and, and start collecting that data absolutely mike That's my final question to you is, is this ai gets a bit of a bad rap and of course there's a lot of concern about it potentially eliminating jobs and increasing unemployment rates what do you have to say around that and that potential impact of ai on jobs and what could we potentially do to mitigate those risks it's a good question. I mean, done well, AI replaces a 
member of your production team. But when we look at who that person is, we actually find that it's an expert. Um, it's traditionally a production engineer, uh, narrowly in the context of, of Data Profit Prescribe. We're seeking to provide the same kind of guidance that a seasoned uh, production engineer with 25 years of experience would be providing. But when we go and look at uh, production facilities around the world, we find this massive absence of your experts, right? Experts are by definition rarefied. And so we are actually creating this input to drive a production system. In other words, make the existing operators who use the machines um, perform better, not replace those folk. And then we augment the production team with this expert um, actions that we generate. And so we don't actually end up uh, destroying any jobs, right? We actually make businesses more competitive on the global scale, on the global stage. And if we think about the immediate problems and challenges in South Africa, we find this massive void of those skills. And so we're able to sort of supplement and actually drive these systems to be globally competitive. That's a fantastic way of thinking about it, that instead of replacing jobs, it's instead going to augment our current processes and make us even more competitive and, and better at what we currently do. Absolutely. But just to add to that one, Matthew, um, I think we find a lot of folk out there who provide analytic services um, with some kind of human in the loop approach. Um, it's often touted as a way to sort of try and make folk feel a bit more comfortable about what AI does. But when we investigate these human in the loop systems, we invariably find that the human is the one that's creating the value, not the AI. So I want to be quite clear on that differentiation where human in the loop, I see as a, as a value detractor from an AI system implemented well. These systems should be able to run without a human in the loop. It's about providing input to the right humans. That is where you add value. Absolutely. Mike, thank you so much for your time and for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks, Matthew. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thank you for listening to RB's Data Analytics with Matthew Bernath podcast. Subscribe now for more episodes.